Welcome to Millennial 616. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Thanks for everybody's patience. This week's episode is a day behind. We tried to record Monday night, but we ran into some technical difficulties because Laura is actually at her parents' house. Yes. And uh, there will be more updates about why that is in this week's installment of After Dark. She's had a very bad week, and we will talk about that behind the paywall (laughs) because she has to talk some serious shit on some people. But I, too, have had a bad week. And anybody watching live right now will see I'm podcasting from the couch. It is uncomfortable to do, honestly. I like to project, and I feel like I'm kind of like curled up right now, and I can't project the way that I want to. But I threw my back out close to a week ago now. This has never happened to me before. I've always had like some minor back issues when I stand for too long. I'm like, oh, my back, I gotta sit down. But I've never thrown it out. I don't know what exactly happened. I did recently purchase a standing desk again. (laughs) And um, I think I may have been standing at it wrong. That's my only guess because this started in my lower back. And at the beginning... I was okay. I was able to function. However, when I kneeled down or sat down and then got up, I felt this tight pain. But I kept doing everything that I normally do. I kept walking Brooklyn. I kept working out. I, you know, just living my day-to-day life. I didn't change anything. I barely even iced it, which was probably really stupid. So, a few days into this, I get on my fit desk. It starts hurting really bad, my lower back. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to cut my workout short. I shower, I go sit at my computer, I sit, I don't know, for a half hour, 45 minutes, I try to stand, I stand, but just immediately searing back pain, I can barely move my legs, I am just unable to continue standing, Pat, he was let go, so he's home, I was like, Pat, Pat, come help me, he had to drag me from the desk to the bed, it was just that awful of pain that I was experiencing, and so, yeah, threw my back out, and it sucks. Pam, you actually have a lot of experience with this, right? But you don't go to the chiropractor? Yeah, I do. So my my back's been bad ever since. I got into a really bad car accident in, mm, I don't know, maybe like 2012, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And my back, I don't think, has ever been the same after that. But the doctor told me that the first time it, it kind of started aching long after the car accident that I was probably just going to have back issues for my whole life yeah. which really sucks yeah um but yeah i've never gone to the chiropractor like you i am baby and <laughs> i'm scared of the pain but also also i i always you always hear these stories about how people become addicted to the chiropractor and i don't have money mm. for that yeah so I i'd mean, much rather try and fix it on my own and you have to go a lot well okay so get this so i go over the weekend I have an initial review, and they take scans of my spine. I get a little therapy. I I leave. I went back on Monday. I go into the chiropractor's office, close the door. She pulls up the scans of my spine. She starts detailing, you know, my spine, the nerves, the discs. I start losing blood in my head. She's talking, talking, talking for a couple minutes. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I need to lay down or I'm going to pass out. (laughs) It freaks me out to see scans, x-rays of the inside of me. It freaks me out to hear about anything that might be wrong with me. This has happened to me before. It started way back when I was like nine. I got one of those swabs down the back of your throat for, for I don't know, some sort of test. I, I left the doctor's room uh, at the age of like nine or ten, immediately collapsed on the floor. I pass out. <laughs> this also happened a few years ago. When a doctor told me there might be something wrong with my heart, I'm like, I need to lay down because I'm about to pass out. So yesterday at the chiropractor, excuse me, excuse me, I need to lay down right now or I'm going to pass out. (laughs) They're used to it, I'm sure. I climb out of the chair. I lay down in the doctor's office. (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she's she starts typing at her desk like this isn't the weirdest thing that she's seeing today. She's like, oh, it's no problem. It's no problem. But it's like so humiliating. Okay. But see, at least you do that when you're already at the doctor's office. I do that when yeah. I'm at home because I start Googling on WebMD. Oh, yeah. Every time I do this, I'm just like, I'm going to die. It's cancer. Like, let me just write out my last will and testament right now. Yeah. it's it. There's something inside me that triggers me. 
And it's not a panic attack. I just am about to pass out. So after a couple minutes, I get back up and I'm fine. But okay, so skip to the alignment. I had never had an alignment before. I've never been to a chiropractor before. I didn't know what to expect. And frankly, I didn't want to know because I am, like Pam, baby. So <laughs> she she kind of walks me through it. Um, and I lay on my I lay on my stomach and she's like, all right, now take a deep breath in and then slowly let it out. And I start, you know, okay. And then suddenly, boom, on my back. And I go, <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> And I was, no I was so embarrassed <laughs> because this is also like an open chiropractor's office, which I like. So it feels less like a medical office. But the whole fucking room hears me go, ah, like a massage envy, but for chiropractors. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. You know, I that's did appreciate that. Super wow. cool people there. But I was just so embarrassed between passing out and yelping really loud. <laughs> Um, and then I walk up to the secretary. I'm like, did you enjoy my Yelp? <laughs> anyway, so that's funny. That was I was just humiliated. I am such a baby. I went back today, got adjusted again. I was tougher this time. I let out a smaller Yelp. I mean, at least he didn't fart. That apparently happens sometimes. Oh, my God. I was thinking offices. about that. Yeah. yeah, I bet. I bet. And, I mean, all, the past 24 hours, I was fearing going back and being adjusted again and embarrassing myself again. Luckily, I did not <laughs> as much this time. It's been a it's been a week. It has been a week. And we do have a fun show for everybody today. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about Donald Trump's disinfectant comments. I mean, this may have been a new low for him. And that's saying something. There's also been some interesting news from North Korea. There's a lot of speculation about the health of Kim Jong-un. Yeah, yeah nobody's seen him since April 11th. And he missed his grandfather's birthday celebration on April 15th. Nobody's seen him. The only evidence that North Korea has provided of his, you know, livelihood is a letter that he allegedly wrote to the leader of South Africa on April 27th. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, North Korea, like, they, they don't really tend to hesitate on putting on a show. So if they didn't want people to think he was dead... Seems like they could just trot him out and be like, here he is. Maybe they'll weekend at Bernie's him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't know. Haven't they done Um, that before, though, with like just putting a stand in in for him? Or am I I thinking of like something stupid from the interview? Or they (laughs) release old footage that they pretend is new footage Mm -hmm. to pretend that he is actually well. And then other countries have to analyze the footage to tell if that is actually new footage or not. But the hot rumor is he underwent surgery, cardiovascular surgery, and apparently did not go well. There are reports, and TMZ picked one of these stories up, which is significant because they don't get deaths wrong. Um, TMZ quoted a source, I believe in China or South Korea, saying that Kim Jong-un is dead after a botched surgery. That would obviously be massive news, but there's been a lot of conflicting reports. You look in several reputable places and you're seeing different things. But the fact remains, he has not been seen in a couple of weeks. Like Laura said, he missed at least one very important event. He's probably not in good condition right now, if he is alive. Yeah, I can't see why they would hold back on having him make a public appearance if he was fine. Right. Um, although I will say, like, South Korea right now is, like pouring water on this rumor um and i mean also u.s intelligence is uh, denying this but anyway a little scandal that would be, uh, yeah because we actually covered the death of kim jong-il back on smart mouths in 2011 oh wow yeah so i'm like man if he's dead he didn't even make it 10 years yeah who's trump gonna look up to now the rumor is his sister would be the next person in the line of succession but wow wow yeah that uh, honestly surprised that would be so sad that north korea has a female leader before america does i know but i think they're they're running out of kim family relatives because he had his like uncle or cousin assassinated in malaysia a couple years ago like (laughs) meanwhile trump trump is like i love this guy (laughs) he's so great He's the best. It was the best assassination ever. He's chubby. I'm chubby. He's a dictator. (laughs) I want to be a dictator. We're we're best buds. 
Well, speaking of Trumpian things, I finally received information from the IRS website that I am indeed eligible for the $1,200 stimulus payment. Oh, and good. And they, they have my bank information, but they're like, we'll let you know when it's going to be deposited. So I have to keep checking back every day for them to like update the date that my payment will be made. Oh, well, you can so, also set an alert in your online banking system when you get a certain deposit mm-hmm. larger than a certain size. But I want to know when it's coming. It I, should be I like wa- that. I want right? advance notice. I don't you know. You want advance notice? I do. Gonna roll I mean, out the as, red carpet. <laughs> as we're gonna chronicle in After Dark, I <laughs> this will be very useful for me. So mm-hmm. that's uh, fair. yeah. I want the money. Both Pam and Jewel got a letter from Donald Trump. Pam, tell we, us about that. We did. Um, I so we got this letter, and the letterhead said it's from the White House, and it's basically like this mumbo jumbo BS. Donald Trump trying to make everybody feel okay about the coronavirus, which is honestly too little too late. Basically just saying that that's why they're sending the money and yeah. it's signed by him. So I guess like maybe everybody that got direct deposits is going gonna, is gonna to get these letters because we're not getting physical checks with his signature in the memo line. I think that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. What a waste of paper to send I'll out all those. It. I know. It's a, yeah. it's a campaign ad like we said so a couple I, of weeks I was, ago. My mom and I both got one and and I was about to toss it. And she's like, well, I'm going to keep mine because she's convinced that they're going to turn around and tax us on the money later, even though they've already said they're not. <laughs> but I guess I, I don't remember this because I wasn't as in the know. But I, I guess maybe this is not the first time that the government has given out some stimulus money to people. Mm-hmm. And they got right. taxed on it last time. I think it might have been for 9-11, but don't quote me. There was um, a stimulus payment that was made. It, I, I don't think it was specifically 9-11. It was when the economy tanked okay. during the Iraq war. And they sent out stimulus payments. But uh, I was like 17 at the time. So I didn't get one because I was a dependent. So I'm not sure right. if they got taxed. But uh, mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised. Right. And meanwhile, Congress did refund the payroll protection program, and I applied for Hypable. Still have not received money from it yet, even though I applied a few weeks ago. So Wells Fargo said they were going to prepare my application in the event that the program was refunded. So now I'm just waiting to see. I really hope they do that because we could definitely use that money. And, and that's going to be money not just for the website, but for the podcasts as well. It's it's mm-hmm. going to benefit us in a couple different ways since those things are all under one business. But yeah, I'll let everybody know just because I think it might be interesting for people to know somebody's experience with the payroll protection program. There's also been some bullshit going on. Some big companies um, that are publicly traded, in fact, have been applying for the payroll protection program when they really should not be. Companies including the Los Angeles Lakers and Potbelly, the sandwich shop, but there's been many, many more. The companies I didn't recognize, so I'm not going to bring them up. But their asses are getting called out and now they're agreeing to return that money because this, the payroll protection program is for small businesses. It's not to help all-star NBA players, you know, people who are already well off. It's not to help massive companies that should have been saving money anyway, because they can, it's for the little guy. So screw you anyway. Indeed. All right. Well, before we move on, we just wanted to say, and this is where I can put on my PBS voice. This week's episode is sponsored by listeners like you. We actually don't have any traditional advertisers this week, and our ad coverage in the coming weeks is going to be more sparse than what you're all probably used to. With COVID-19 impacting our advertisers, we feel so lucky to be a listener-supported show over at patreon.com slash millennial. It gives us the funding we need to run this show, plus create cool benefits that are posted weekly exclusively on Patreon. With support tiers as low as $2 a month, it's very affordable to join us on Patreon. And thank you to all of you who currently support us, no matter the tier. If you need plenty of content to stay entertained while you shelter in place, we recommend our $5 support level to gain access to our flagship benefit, After Dark, the Millennial Variety Show, our exclusive Discord channel to chat with the hosts and each other during live broadcasts, 
and more. And if you're not in a place to part with your hard-earned cash, there are still ways you can support the show. Subscribe to us for free on your favorite podcasting app, share your favorite episodes or content from our social feeds, or share the show with a friend. Getting the word out there about the show also really helps us out. We're weathering this storm like so many of you and would humbly appreciate any support of the show, financial or otherwise. So thank you for sticking with us. It really does mean everything. Thank you very much. And there is a fun piece of bonus content on Patreon this week. Like I said, we tried to record Monday night. We ultimately did not start recording, but we were together on Zoom for an hour and that was recorded. So we released that on Patreon and it was actually pretty fun. It's a freewheeling conversation as we're trying to figure out what's going on with with Lars' computer and microphone. Yep. As my so. life burned to the ground <laughs> in real time this time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so feel free to check that out. Okay. So Laura, you did something fun for the show this week. Yeah. So yesterday I made a call to the Georgia State Governor Mansion and requested a tour of the governor's mansion since the state is reopened. <laughs> and um, I recorded it. <laughs> Okay. Is there any other setup we need to do here? No, I think okay. I think that's it. Okay. I purposely didn't listen to this so I could be surprised on the show. <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't either. Last week we spoke about Governor Kemp and how he was stupidly opening things. Even Donald Trump didn't like the idea. So now the tables have turned and constituents like Laura just want to visit his house. Come on. Isn't yeah. everything okay? It's important. Okay, here we go. Okay, y'all. So it is about 11 o'clock in the morning. I am getting ready to call the Georgia governor's mansion to request a tour now that the state has been reopened. So let's see how this goes. Welcome to the governor's office. Your call may be monitored or recorded for quality purposes. If you are calling about tours to the Mansion Museum, the mansion will remain closed to the public the until further notice. Please feel free to visit the Mansion website at gov.georgia.gov slash Governor's Mansion and check out the Tour of the Mansion tab for a virtual tour. For questions related to the coronavirus, Ooh, virtual press tour. For Can't get corona that way. Press 2 or remain on the line. I will remain on the line. I have questions about why the Governor's Mansion is not open. The next available agent. I love Laura's commentary throughout this. <laughs> they were ready for you. <laughs> Thank you for contacting the governor's office. This is Dandy. How may I help you? Hi, I was calling because um, I was hoping to schedule a tour of the mansion, but I noticed that on the like automated message, it says the mansion's still closed. It is. It's still closed, and it will be closed until further notice. You're more than welcome to look on that website um, until at least the 30th of April because we're still under the shelter replace order um, for updates on when you can book an appointment, okay? Oh, so wait, the mansion is still under the shelter-in-place order? <laughs> um, most businesses are still under the shelter-in-place order. It's only a few businesses that are allowed to be open at this time because oh. they were drastically impacted. Oh, man, I'm disappointed. I went out and got my nails done and everything so I can come do this. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I mean, if you would like to schedule an appointment, the fact that they're closed, you're unable to do so. But follow on the governor's website and you'll have dates on when you can schedule that appointment. Okay? (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. God damn, you're such a savage. Uh, I almost, I, I felt too bad to give her a hard time because she was, she was really trying to do her job. <laughs> she hated you. She yeah, hated you. Laura. I know. That's all she, she's I know been doing she all day, and she was like, "I have to." No, I lady. have to give her credit. Um, she was prepared, and it's because they've been getting a lot of calls like that, and it's not their fault. My favorite was like after my nail comment, she paused for like a full three seconds. <laughs> yeah, she was like, who the fuck gets their nails done then- <laughs> for, for the governor's mansion? <laughs> I was I was prepared to see if she could give Governor Kemp an invitation to go bowling with me, but I thought that might be a bridge too far because I felt like maybe you, you can send a letter like a an invitation <laughs> oh that's a good I, maybe that'll be my next yeah. stop D- don't they sometimes respond like if you send a letter to the white house sometimes they'll send somebody will send you a letter back laura if you do I'll actually do take a tour so that was fun if you ever take a tour of the house for real you should walk in with like 
full-blown hazmat suit, gas mask, have your nails done, and you can go up to the secretary and be like, hey, remember me? Huh? Huh? Yeah. No, I'll bring a bowling ball, too. <laughs> so also this past week, Trump wondered out loud on video if injecting Clorox or bringing the light inside of us will cure COVID. And I want to play the clip because he's pretending now that it was sarcastic, his comments, when they absolutely were not. A question that probably some of you are thinking of if you're totally into that world, which I find to be very interesting. So supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. Bam, bam, bam. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. You're going to test bringing the light in through the skin. Sounds interesting. That that sounds like a really weird religious thing. You know, it's like, oh, bring Jesus inside of you. Bring the light in. Arms up in the air. Bring the light in me. Oh, Lord, let it in. I'm ready. Cure me. And by the way, he's turning to Dr. Burks. He's not talking to a journalist. He's talking to a doctor, if this is possible. Meanwhile, not in this video that I'm playing, but there's another angle from this press conference where you can see Trump and Dr. Burks. She's not even looking up at him. She's like in her head, holy shit, what the fuck is happening? In fact, you can see the exact moment when her soul leaves her body. (laughs) Seriously. Um, It's... (laughs) It's real rough. Um, and I think it, it's it's got to be terrible for Dr. C. Well, one, she's like realizing, I can't believe I am on this side of this discussion. Um, but also, like, I was doing a little bit of reading on the light therapy he's talking about. And apparently it's a UV light therapy that is being tested. But the way he's describing it is like... Right. You're shining a light up somebody's ass, you <laughs> right. know, because like, he always not... ta- he, he always talks like a fifth grader and he probably forgot what type of light it was. So he was just talking about light generally. But anyway, mm-hmm. we're not done yet. We haven't hit the disinfectant part yet. <laughs> right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs so it'd be interesting to check that so that you're gonna have to use medical doctors with but it sounds it sounds interesting to me so we'll see but the whole concept of the light the way it kills it in one minute that's uh, that's pretty powerful love the light light is hot so hot <laughs> right now so he clearly there is no sarcasm here but he's talking about i guess how disinfectant wipes, you wipe down a countertop or a door handle, and it kills the germs. That's what he's talking about, right? And for some reason, he's connected in his mind. Or like hand sanitizer. Right, right. These things. So if they can kill the germ on our skin, maybe they can kill the germ once it's inside of us. So let's start swallowing Clorox. Hey, if (laughs) President Trump wants to be uh, the guinea pig for that practice, I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, right. He can test it out for the rest of us. Unfortunately, I don't think we have numbers on this, but I have seen that uh, poison centers have received an increased number of calls. Potentially, people have actually tried this. People hang on to Trump's every word. His supporters hang on to his every word. So people may have taken this seriously. What was really funny about this was all these disinfected companies suddenly came out on, on their social media channels and said, hey, do not swallow the disinfectant. Please do not. Not safe. There was a lot of pushback. Like I said, he tried to deny that he was saying that seriously, but he clearly was. And then he canceled the following two days of uh, briefings with the media because it was just a really bad moment for him. Clearly, the disinfectant worked for something. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> those briefings canceled. It's I've heard similar reports. And like I also heard that there that Purell was thinking about adding some kind of bitter element to their hand sanitizer to dissuade people from consuming it. Bradley Whitford had a really funny video about this on his Twitter. He took a video of himself pretend chugging a bottle of Clorox and he called it a GOP keg party. (laughs) (laughs) So 
this was probably one of the stupidest things that Donald Trump has said in his presidency so far. But it made me wonder, what other stupid things have presidents and vice presidents said over the years? So I did a little Googling, and I decided to turn this into a game. So I'm going to read you two a quote, and then I'm going to give you some options as to who said it, and you have to tell me, okay? Sounds good. I'm ready. So we're going to start with an easy one. This one is pretty well known, I think. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on... Shame on you. Shame on you. (laughs) Fool me, you can't get fooled again. That is uh, our Lord and Savior, George W. Bush. (laughs) That is is correct. (laughs) That clip was featured at the beginning or end of Michael Moore's excellent documentary, Fahrenheit 911, I believe. Yes, it was. Oh, man. Very embarrassing. Okay. Is that the only Bushism you've got in this? Oh, hell no. Hell no. Okay, I was going to say, there's... (laughs) I assumed, but... There's a library. (laughs) This is another semi-easy one. A very easy one. During my service in the United States Congress, I took the initiative in creating the internet. Is it Biden? Is it Gore? It's Gore, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. I say it's easy. Yeah. Because that's been a running joke for a while that Gore likes to pretend like he created the internet. Okay, now it's going to get a little harder. I've now been in 57 states. I think one left to go. Was this Donald? Was that Obama? Was this Donald Trump? Yeah, it was Obama. How'd you know? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. I remember that one. When the president does it, that means it's not illegal. This particular quote was this said by Donald Trump or Richard Nixon? Is it Trump? No, it, uh, this particular quote was said by Richard Nixon in a 1977 interview with David so, Cross. So similar. But right, Trump has said things. Something to similar, this right? Yeah. 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 Next one. Rarely is the question asked, is our children learning? Was this George W. Bush, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or Obama? That was W. What do you think, Pam? I was also going to say George. Yes, that was uh, George back in January 2000. Facts are stupid things. Was this Donald Trump in his head every second of the day? Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon, or Joe Biden? Ooh, that's that one's tricky. <laughs> I genuinely don't know this one. What, what are the options again? Trump, Biden, Nixon? Trump, or Reagan. Who? Or Reagan. Reagan. I don't think Reagan would have said that. I, I'm cringing, but I feel like it was Biden. <laughs> I'll I'll say Trump just so we can have like varying answers. Okay, we'll there we go. Ones. You're both wrong. It was actually Ronald Reagan at the 1988 no Republican oh, National man. Convention. I gave him too much credit. <laughs> well, he was attempting to quote John Adams, who said facts are stubborn things. But Reagan screwed up the quote and said facts are stupid things. <laughs> It doesn't matter. That was, you know, it was at the RNC. They were anointing him as the next chosen one. It's fine. (laughs) Next one. I've looked on many women with lust. I've committed adultery in my heart many times. God knows I will do this and forgives me. Was this Biden, Bush, Carter, or Bill Clinton? Oh, God. It must have been. Maybe it was Clinton in his like um, during his trial or something. That sounds like something somebody would have yeah, written for w- him. Or when he was still denying the Lewinsky claims. Yeah, it was Jimmy Carter. An Jimmy, angel, Jimmy, in an interview with Playboy one month prior to the 1976 election. Can you believe that peanut farmer? <laughs> no, I thought that he was more wholesome than that. You know what? He has built a lot of houses for Habitat for Humanity, and he eliminated the guinea worm. Or well, he didn't, look, but he's repenting he for will. all the adultery he committed in his head. <laughs> yeah, it's only don't in his head. Don't we all commit? Yeah. Like, don't we all oh, have lustful yeah. thoughts that yes, we don't act on? Like, it's called porn. <laughs> Can you believe I'm a politician? I can't even. Was this Clinton, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, Joe Biden? I can't believe one of them said I can't even. That's true. <laughs> I'm going to say Biden. I was going to say Biden, too. I was between Biden and Trump, but... This was Trump at a campaign rally. See, the scary thing about that is that it, like, easily could have been. Yeah. Either one of them. All right, two more. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. 
They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. Was this W, Dan Quayle, Bill Clinton, or Dick Cheney? I want to say it was either Bush or Cheney. Yeah, I was going to say the same. I'll say Cheney. I'll say Bush. It was Bush. Oh, it was Bush okay. Back in 2004. Yep. I knew that I knew that it was a Bush administration era yeah. quote, but I was like, <laughs> god, which one of those fuckers? It could have been either one because that, Cheney though. was yeah. pulling all the strings anyway, so. Right. Mm-hmm. And finally, I'll be long gone before some smart person ever figures out what happened inside this Oval Office. Was it Bush, Trump, Bill Clinton, or Dick Cheney? I, I feel like that has to be Cheney. It sounds very Cheney. Yeah. I'll say Cheney. Okay. Well, I guess I tricked you guys because uh, it's Bush again. This was in an interview with the Jerusalem Post in May 2008. So many presidents have said stupid things over the years. Obama only said one stupid thing ever. Um, well, he, he Obama had his moments. Okay. All right. Yeah. Does anybody remember when he, I forget which late night show that he was on and he was talking about playing a game of bowling and he said it was like the special Olympics when he was playing and everybody was oh, like, yeah. oh, Barack, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're supposed to be the cool president. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about sleep because, um, you know, we're all kind of a little bit stressed maybe in terms of the current climate with the coronavirus pandemic. And I was reading over the course of the last month quite a few articles that were talking about how if you are either struggling to sleep or maybe have been sleeping more and notice yourself having some weirder dreams over the course of the you know, last few months, chances are the coronavirus might actually be to blame. So basically what it boils down to is that pandemic related related stress plus mandated stay at home orders could actually be the reason you're having trouble sleeping or having strange dreams all of a sudden, especially if you're not usually prone to those things. Um, If you're sleeping more, that's likely the reason your dreams might be more vivid. There was an interview with a neuroscience professor at UC Berkeley named Matthew Walker that showed up at an NPR affiliate website, and he was basically saying that since people are working from home and don't have to get up as early, they're sleeping in a little bit more, and that's actually the reason why you could be falling into REM sleep, which is the state of sleep you need to reach in order to be dreaming. So you might be experiencing more REM sleep than normal if you are sleeping more. And the longer you sleep, the more likely you're going, you're go- you are to go into this state of sleeping. But then, if you're sleeping less and suffering from disrupted sleep, it could also be because your anxiety is an, at an all time high based on what's going on in the world around you. So, mm. either way, the coronavirus could be fucking with your sleeping patterns, which is too bad. Um, so, I wanted to kind of use this as a springboard to check in with all of us and and I was curious about whether you guys found yourselves sleeping more, sleeping less, or if you're, you know, your sleeping patterns are a little bit different now that, you know, we're all in the thick of all of this. Let's start with you, Laura, because now you are working from home. Yes. Um, so I will agree with the commuting point. Um, the fact that I can wake up five minutes before I have to be online is wonderful. Um, the downside is though, I think due to a lot of the stress that comes at the uncertainty. I'm not sleeping as well. And it's taking me longer to fall asleep at night. Um, It's not been uncommon for me to struggle to fall asleep until like two or three in the morning on a few occasions. Mm. And uh, I've had some wild dreams, which I think you're going to get into in a minute. But I'm also a sleep talker when I'm stressed specifically. (laughs) So I've been doing a lot of sleep talking lately. Uh, I get almost a daily report from Mark about the things that I say. Uh, so yeah, that that has that's like the TLDR. What? How much can I pay Mark to have him start recording you when you sleep talk so we can play it on air? <laughs> Would you be think... willing to do that? Yeah, I don't. You don't need to pay. I've never said anything like scandalous. I've never admitted to like adultery or murders. <laughs> Mark, please record Laura the next time she is sleep talking. I want to hear this. <laughs> um, it's and it's completely nonsensical. That's the funny thing. Right. Like it's stuff that like has no contextual sense to it. Because of my back issues, I've had a little harder time sleeping because it can be uncomfortable. 
but I have not had a hard time sleeping. I rarely, I rarely do have a hard time sleeping. Um, my hours haven't changed. I'm a morning person. I enjoy getting up in the morning. So even if I did have to go to an office, I'd probably would still be getting up at my same time. Um, but yeah, no, it, this hasn't been affecting me, but I actually, I don't even, I rarely dream or at least I rarely remember the dreams. And I don't know why that is because I wish I dreamt more. It's just black for me. I think that's that pretty normal. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I only dream when I'm stressed. I think I might only dream when I'm stressed too. I don't know. It depends. For a really what are you long guys time. dreaming of the stress or like better days? No, just weird shit. I had a dream a couple weeks ago that uh, Canada and Mexico shut down their borders and that the crisis got so bad here in the US that people were. Like we literally like we had like a reverse situation of what our southern border looks like now, except we were the ones trying to cross the border. (laughs) And I dreamed that I was part of this like humanitarian task force that was like driving around to all of the border stations to give people food and water. And they were like, like languishing in extreme conditions. And it was awful. I woke up and I was like, fuck. Look at that. Lori even helps people in her dreams. That is really nice. My friends know this, too, because I, I, I'm notorious for every once in a while just having these really weird post-apocalyptic dreams. And I don't know if it's because I consume so much media that it just kind of seeps in. Um, but not very long ago, I think last week, I had a dream that I was driving and I can't remember who was sitting next to me, but somebody was in the passenger seat and I pointed out the window because it was dark. It was night. And I said, oh, look at the moon. It's really big. It must be a full moon night. So we were looking at the moon while I was driving. And then I said, I think the moon's getting bigger. And then it got really big. And then it pulled back. And then it exploded, like, right over this <laughs> mountain range. And that shit caught on, caught on fire. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the fire started coming closer to my car. And the last thing I remember was having to drive through liquid fire to get out and just freaking out about my tires melting and not being able to escape but like that's (laughs) that's pretty indicative of the kind of really weird dreams that i tend to have do you guys analyze your dreams do you wonder if they mean something the only time i've done that is when i had a pretty typical stress dream Um, So this was a lot. This was several years ago, but I had a dream that I woke up. So like in the dream, I woke up and I went and looked in the mirror at myself and my teeth were falling out. Oh, that's a common type of dream, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's a really common stress dream. And I like woke up and it freaked me out because it was really disturbing. It was so vivid. Like I still remember that visual incredibly vividly. And I like went to Google and it turned out it's super common anytime you're like feeling stressed or you feel like some level of imposter syndrome, like you're not good enough, that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, I've definitely done that. But for some of this other stuff, like my dream about, you know, (laughs) people in the U.S. being shut out from Mexico and Canada due to coronavirus, I felt like was pretty Mm self-explanatory. It's funny you mentioned your your teeth falling out because... Usually when I have nightmares that really startle me awake, it's some kind of weird body dysmorphic type situation. So either mm. like my teeth are falling out or like I'm growing scales or like weird. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And and then it's like, oh, my God, like I'm just going to be stuck like this forever. And then I, it sounds like I'm so vain because that's the kind of shit that that worries me but it's just really frightening well when while I'm you're sleeping d- to wait. look down and it's like yeah of I'm course you should be worried freaking about freaking tree bark on my arm why is this happening <laughs> well wow you're really fucked up clearly <laughs> that's in the dream you're like i am groot <laughs> Basically, i wish i thought it was that cool isn't it the best feeling though when you're having a really bad dream like maybe like you lost a family member or you're grow you're you're growing a tree on the side of your arm and you wake up and it takes you like a minute or two, but you realize that that was all a dream. It wasn't real. You're like, yes, everything's I okay. I, you know, my grandma always says, and, and you know, in, in Latin America, they're very superstitious about things. 
uh, but she says that when you're dreaming about somebody who's dying in your that you're close to, it, it usually just means that they're going to live for a long time. I don't know how true this is or what, but that's <laughs> what she says. But she says it only works if you call them. So, so like she's told me this my whole life. So every once in a while, when I do dream about somebody dying close to me, it's like my brother or my grandma. Or something like that. I call them up right away just because I like I know that I was dreaming, but sometimes it feels so real that I just need to make sure that that person's okay. Pam, your grandma was tricking you into calling her more and the rest of the family more. That's all that was happening. I wouldn't be surprised. That's amazing. That's absolutely what happened. (laughs) Yeah. A few weeks ago, Mark told me that he had a dream that I got diagnosed with some terminal illness. Mm. And that I only had like a year to live. So we decided to like travel the world <laughs> in the year that I had left. And I was like, That's nice. I-, I mean, I guess I was like, <laughs> could you not kill me off yet? <laughs> right. Please. No, but you, you're, you're living life to the fullest in your final year on Earth. That'd right. be kind of cool. Like, I always think this way. I know. But this would this would be kind of cool for the podcast, too. Like a podcast co-host documents Andrew. her final year of life on Earth. You know, oh my God. Like so now neat. Andrew, now Andrew's <laughs> gunning for me to die. Look, right? I'm I'm looking for a unique angle for the show. That's a unique angle. BuzzFeed would pick that up. That's true. This podcast has a host that's going to die in a year. And then at the end of it, I can be like, I got better. <laughs> <laughs> but like I've I've said so like over the course of my life, I've I've always been a sleep talker and it particularly happens when I'm stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example of this is like when me and Mark were first dating, uh, we were like laying down talking before we went to sleep and he was telling me a story and I hit that stage of tiredness, you know, where you're like just about to fall asleep, but you're still conscious and you're still aware of what's happening. And so I heard this come out of my mouth. I was just like, why won't she let you up there, though? And it had <laughs> nothing to do with yeah. the conversation. Yeah. And I realized that. And I, like, sp- like sprung awake, like, not physically. But, like, my mind was just like, oh, shit, that's embarrassing. <laughs> and he was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, what are you? And I was like, I don't know. And I was really embarrassed. Um, <laughs> but he said, so within the last couple of weeks, uh, I crashed after work one night because I was exhausted. And he came and tried to wake me up for dinner uh, at, like, 10 o'clock at night. And I was like sleeping and I was like, yeah, I'm hungry, but I'm so tired. Like, I just want to just leave me alone. And apparently he was like, well, are you hungry? And I said, my stomach is crashing. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't it know. It was a mix tr- between you were crashing, sleeping and yes, yeah. you were hungry. <laughs> and then and then there was one night I fell asleep on the couch and he came to wake me up to make me go to bed. This happens quite a bit. And I start going, oh, no, I have to wash my hands. <laughs> that's that's and good. And he was like, he was like, why? And I was like, because she went to the store. <laughs> and he was like, who? And I said, your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that experience before good. where I catch myself half asleep saying something out loud. And then I like look sideways a couple of times. I'm like, did, did, did Pat hear that? Did, did another ex hear that? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's embarrassing because you're like, oh, I just said something out loud that I was dreaming that I shouldn't have said out loud. <laughs> well, also just like sleep. Yeah. Like I I apparently snore sometimes. Did not know this until I dated Mark because he had no problem telling me. And I was like, who else have I dated who never told me this? Yeah, I've notoriously been a snorer, which I'm not proud of, and I find it very embarrassing, and I feel bad for the other person, even if you're like sharing a hotel room, and uh, I don't, I don't want to disrupt everybody's sleep. For me, I think it's taking a pillow away that usually fixes it, so I'm laying more flat. But mm-hmm. yeah, that that can be a problem. Yeah, also, I've like, never for... heard you snore, Andrew. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. I was mm-hmm. gonna say that like allergies too could could play a factor like i think you and i both suffer yeah because i know sometimes if my allergies are really bad that's when i'll tend to um to snore a bit but i think i apparently i used to snore more when i was younger and i don't very much anymore that i know of. we have that classic picture of me and laura sleeping in bed together in london the morning after finishing reading the final harry potter book and i think laura 
is snoring in that photo, aren't you? Because you're like, <laughs> you are too. You though. got your mouth wide open. You oh, do maybe, too. Maybe it's me in that photo that's posed that way. <laughs> but yeah, we're both on our backs, uh-huh. so we were probably both snoring. But yeah, like that's that's the ultimate morning after picture right there. <laughs> morning after Harry Potter. Wow, you guys got drunk? No, we are reading a Harry Potter book all night. <laughs> <laughs> So the lesson here is it's okay to be having more weird dreams right now because yeah. it's a stressful time. Nothing's wrong time. with you. It's just life in the time of Corona. Got it. Got it. Yep. But, you know, melatonin is a good thing to try. It doesn't work for everyone, but it's a natural sleep aid. All right. Let's move on to a bay choice now. We actually got this a couple of weeks ago over on Patreon. For anybody who doesn't know, we make these posts for bay patrons about once a month. And we ask people, what do you want us to talk about? in the upcoming episode and we got a bunch last time and we've been spreading them out over the past few episodes angela says my new upstairs neighbors have been loud since they moved in but now since everyone is staying at home their three kids ages two to seven ish have been driving us crazy to the point where they are jumping up and down and shaking my sister's windows we don't know how to talk to them about this we get it must be really hard on them but we don't want to be punished for their decision to have three kids in a two-bedroom condo I actually had a problem very similar to this in California. Uh, My ex and I moved into a place. We were on the second of three floors and there were kids above us. And um, the unit above us had hardwood floors and the kids had like tricycles and stuff. And they would be pushing and riding things around on the floor all day. They would be stomping, you know, like kids do running around in their place. They would be stomping They would be stomping down the hallway, in the bedrooms, just everywhere. And it drove me insane. And I'm, I'm, I'm baby. So I did not go up there and complain, but my ex went up there a couple of times. They're like, oh yeah, we'll do something. We'll do something. They never did anything. It got to the point where our lease was coming up and we said to the building manager, can we move, even though we've, we've missed the window to do that, can we move to a top floor unit because we cannot take this for another year? And she luckily did let us move. And I think she waived some moving fee or something like that, um, which was really helpful. But since then, and since another experience I had back in 2012 in California, where I was on the first floor and had somebody above me, the floors, the floors above me were so creaky. Every time uh, that person would walk around have sex, whatever, late into the night. It drove me up a wall. I no longer get places that aren't the top floor. This unit, top floor. I wouldn't have bought otherwise because I can't, I can't, I can't even with with people above me. There's always going to be a problem. Laura has a big one coming up in After Dark today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but it doesn't have to do with noise. Um, You know, I think, I'm of two minds on this. I think that it's perfectly reasonable. And I, I think that there's, what is it called? There's like disturbing the peace and like peaceful enjoyment of your apartment. Like those are things that you're entitled to. Um, but I also think that when you live in any kind of like apartment condo that has shared walls, shared floors, you're going to have to expect there's a certain amount of this that you're going to hear. Um, you know, I feel that when you move into a situation like that, you're kind of accepting that there's a certain reasonable amount of these things that you're going to hear. So like, are you going to get to the point where you're never going to hear a kid running around upstairs again? No, it's not going to happen. But there are reasonable compromises that you can come to with your neighbors. And I do think that you should try and work it out with them first. Because if you jump right to, like, complaining to the leasing office, that might set a bad tone with them and maybe make them not want to cooperate as much. Um, I actually had a friend who had this same issue, and she ended up speaking with the neighbors directly. Although right now I know that's a challenge, but if you have, like, a phone number or if you could request their contact information and speak, you know, or, or like even social distance, speak to them, like go up, knock on their door and then step back. Um, in her case, the neighbors ended up buying some like thicker area rugs that they put down in the high traffic areas of their apartment. And that helped. Of course, it doesn't completely eliminate the issue. But, you know, 
I think in, in cases like this, your first step should try to be to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably going to be a lot more productive and you're probably going to get a better solution out of it in the long run. Yeah. So that's my take. I would also, I on that, I would start by writing a letter, especially now with COVID, like you don't want to get close to them. But also it's just a, it's a pleasant way for you to initially introduce this issue write it out, take a picture of it, scan a couple copies so you have a record of it and say, hey, I'm hearing your kids at all hours of the day. It's really loud down here. It's really disruptive. Is there anything you could do? I would really appreciate it. And then leave it at that. Don't expect them to reply. Just see if you notice any differences. But the other issue is that these kids, if they're between two and seven years old, there's probably not much the parents can do to control them. They can yell at the kid from time to time, hey, stop being so loud, stop being so loud. At least now the parents will be aware that it is bothering you downstairs, but still those kids are going to act up again and again. So I'm I'm afraid it's going to be hard to take care of those kids. I would, I hate to say this because, you know, I don't know if the kids have like, you know, some kids have special needs and stuff like that, but it really honestly boils down to how, the parent has been raising these children. So, and and the only reason I say that is because my mom was a single mom. My brother and I are three years apart. She had been a single mom since we were like, you know, two and five years old. So we always grew up living in townhouses. And right away, as soon as we moved into the first one, my mom established like all of these rules. So that, you know, we would know that it was important for like, say, if we were going up and down the stairs, not to stomp, not to run like you have to be, you know, and stuff like that. And, And it and it sucks because, you know, unless a child is already used to those ground rules, it's going to be hard for a parent to get them to change their ways right away because they're not going to understand why they can't be running and jumping and stuff like that. I would hope that your neighbor understands where you're coming from when you explain this to them. And I think that Andrew has a really good point about writing a note because sometimes when you say things, it might come out wrong and it leaves a little bit too much room for interpretation for that other person to be defensive, which parents can sometimes be when it comes down to you telling them that their kids are doing something wrong. So I think that if you keep it pleasant and maybe even just say, you know, like, I I get that we're really everybody's really stressed and we're all trying to work from home. But like, you know, I would really appreciate it if you guys could keep the noise down a little bit, just, just because it would, it would make it easier for me to do my work. You know, there's a good chance they'll be really understanding and they actually Mm -hmm. will try to resolve the issue for you. On the other hand, they might not have any control over their kids, so they might not be able to do anything. And I think the other issue is, and I heard this from my property manager when I was having this same issue They couldn't do anything. Legally, they could not go to that unit and be like, hey, calm your kids down. Yeah. Also might just have to consider moving out and moving somewhere else because I know this can drive you crazy. And for me, it meant moving out. Yeah. If it gets to the point where you can't tolerate it, then that's obviously sort of the the last step of this process. But I think that trying it out, I like the idea of writing a note and just being, you know, very empathetic about the situation and also recognizing that these are kids like I cannot imagine what it would be like to try and keep three children entertained in the middle of all this especially three kids this young you know so I I do I have empathy for you but I also have empathy for these parents upstairs there is one more thing you can do and I actually did this with uh, the kids who were above me, when they were running around stomping hard, I would literally climb on top of the couch and start pounding on the ceiling. Climb on the bed too. Pound on the ceiling. It didn't, no way. Yeah, it didn't do shit, but I was sending a signal and I was letting my frustrations out on the ceiling. <laughs> I think one time like a kid stomped back and that made me really angry. I was like, oh yeah? Well, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> we probably you thought you were playing could've, yeah right. you could have oh. started making some sick beats yeah yeah <laughs> boom boom boop boom 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 boop get me out of here yeah well good luck angela we hope you find some peace i know that sucks all right time for recommendations um i wanted to re- recommend dissect which is one of my favorite podcasts i'm sure that i've brought them up on the show before it's a music-based podcast and every season the host dives into a specific album that they've picked 
and they go track by track and analyze not only the like the composition of the music, but also the underlying symbolism of of some of like the lyrics or, or why music theory plays an important role in trying to figure out exactly what the artist is trying to say. Um, it is mostly rooted in R&B and hip hop and rap because that's just what the host tends to gravitate to. But the reason that I wanted to bring it up this time is because season six just started and they're deep diving into Beyonce's Lemonade album, which I know is super popular. And I feel like Lemonade is a little bit more easier to digest for the the casual music fan because it is it was such a cultural event. So if you really want to further understand why everybody says that, you know, Beyonce really snapped <laughs> with Lemonade and why it's so important in terms of, you know, um, Black history and Black represent- representation, I would highly recommend checking out dissect and uh they're three episodes in and it's fantastic so okay uh, i want to recommend elderflower liqueur uh i've been drinking a lot the last few days <laughs> and after dark you'll find out yes. why <laughs> uh, but this is really good it's um elderflower is kind of like it's it's earthy but also sweet and like kind of a little citrusy um and i had this amazing drink that my mom made for me on saturday and it was <laughs> double shot of gin with elderflower uh uh tonic water and then a floater shot of elderflower liqueur on top Ooh. of it and it was so good yeah, that sounds it was great. Like dry but also sweet. It was great. Um, so highly recommend if you need uh some booze variety in your life during lockdown. I also really like elderflower. It's really nice too if if you want to spice up your apérol spritz. Mm-hmm. Spritzes. It goes really well with that. So I have a recommendation specific to Animal Crossing users. If you have purchased turnips, which you can purchase one time per week, and you need to flip them for a higher price, you can go to turnip.exchange and find islands that have high turnip prices. And then you can get in a queue to visit that island. I was able to visit an island in which I flipped my turnips for over 450 bells Per turnip, I made wow. some serious cash. Yeah, you jealous, Laura? And I mean, yeah, you didn't have to blow Mr. Nook in order to pay off your home. I would though. I love Tom Nook. <laughs> um, it's really cool because it's very easy to find some islands, and the island owner will write like, in exchange, just give me a little tip or give me a rare item. So it's really cool, and it's like it just really speaks to the close knit community. Within Animal Crossing, everybody's just trying to help each other out, and you get to visit new islands. I saw that Elijah Wood was all about the turnips on Animal Crossing. Yes, last week was it was so, so cool. good. He visited some fans' island, and he was very polite. He had good Animal Crossing etiquette. He said, "May I pick some of the fruit from the trees?" And they said, "Of course, thank you for asking." And then that person was a Star Wars fan, and he was like, "Long live Ryan Johnson!" Oh yeah, he was like, "I knew I could trust Elijah Wood with my heart." <laughs> that was right up my brother's alley. That's All of his so worlds good. combined. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, if I ever have good turnip prices, I will post in the Millennial Facebook group and invite everybody to my island. You can visit my island and then sell your turnips at Nook's Cranny for a good price. But you're going to have to tip me. Laura, one more time, you are giving us a big story in After Dark today. I am. uh, It delves into the topic of the joys of homeownership. And I'm being... Uh, sarcastic there (laughs) this is not a joy (laughs) yeah so uh, we're looking forward to hearing this story laura is out of her house for a month a month how's that for a teaser she's going to explain why that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial you will get access to after dark you will also be able to tune into our live stream so you can watch and listen as we record each new episode this week i am on the couch this week, Laura is surrounded by fire, actually. Yeah. Kind of cool. And also um, <laughs> terrifying and sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's lots of other benefits on Patreon. Like Laura mentioned earlier, we greatly appreciate your support. It goes a long way, especially right now. And it just means the world to us that you support us. Because when we're doing this, we're just talking to each other. We're not hearing from you. When we get your support on Patreon, we're 
we're really seeing how much you enjoy and appreciate the show and how much you want to see it thrive. So thank you very much. And again, that is patreon.com slash millennial pledge today. If you want to get in touch with us, you can visit millennialshow.com and then use the contact form, or you can email millennialshow at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Goodbye. Do it, do it, do it, do it now. Lick it good, suck this pussy just like you should. Right now, lick it good, suck this pussy just like you should. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back. My neck. My back. Crack my spine just like that. <laughs> That's what Andrew's hoping for. Next time he goes to the nope. I have felt extra clicky after today's adjustment. Not necessarily. Yep, that's a... normal. Okay, good. Yes, doctor, can I please play this song while you adjust me? What if they say okay, but they've never heard the song and then it just gets going? My future <laughs> appointments would be canceled if I sprung yep, this song on them. Sexual harassment. I'm like twerking on the table <laughs> to this song. She's like, stay still. I'm trying to adjust you.